Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We'd especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Laguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Thunderdome Gaming Society, Keith Gasper, Disky Mera, GC Freak 898 The Saturnian, Dave Jackson, and Eric Guess. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. It's us again. It's the Retro Hangover Podcast, and we're here to give you some top fives of things. And today, we are going to be talking about the top five games that didn't deserve a sequel. Or is it the top five games that sequel shouldn't exist? It's something like that. So you can just say it, Chris. I fucked it up. It's fine. Okay. (laughs) We don't know that yet. It could. I have a feeling that your list is going to be better than mine. I mean, I sure wrote a lot. So who knows? This might not be a very chronometer considerate episode. We'll see. Oh, Lord. I don't think I'm going to be taking too long with mine. So if you want to hear Shane ramble about games that shouldn't be exist as sequels, I word salad. Boy, are you uh, in the right place? Yes, you are here. You are here to listen to some amazing rambling. <laughs> uh, just just get ready for it. It's going to be I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling. Uh, Shane, I would like to thank the people of Portugal, though, because according to oh. a charting website, it says we, we chart in your country all the time. So thank you, Portuguese people. Yeah, we do appreciate your uh, patronage. That's it. Or yeah. just like one person that just downloads a ton of stuff we also like you there there's that as well (laughs) also thank you eric guess is our newest patron at the time of this recording yeah thank you eric we appreciate it uh, more than really words can say so i guess everything i'm saying is kind of worthless compared to how we feel about that so (laughs) thank you eric Uh, uh if there's not one thing that we know we can do it's definitely sell this kind of stuff boy do we do a good job uh so join the patreon everybody we love it <laughs> i mean yeah yes that is true you i mean to be fair it seems that part of that is also you are now directly funding some of our upcoming episodes uh so that we can create more fantastic content for you because you know unlike chris i don't own every game under the sun so i need to track some of them down and uh you are helping with that and we appreciate it but we do it all for yeah. you they also helped pick this episode. They did, as a matter of fact. And so what, what we were alluding to at the beginning, right, is that the, the, the actual wording of the prompt that was given by our lovely patrons uh, goes a bit like games that shouldn't have had a sequel. Now, this could kind of be interpreted, I think, in two different ways. Uh, one is that we should create a top five list of 
games that did not deserve to get a sequel, which I feel like might have been the 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 reasoning, the rationale behind this. Uh, that's not what I did, though. So I hope you like what you're going to get, because I, for sure whatever reason, interpreted this more as uh, games that got a sequel that shouldn't have in that the sequel should not exist. So I, I think it's the same thing. There's, there can't be much of a difference. Uh, it, it is, though. It is, though, because like the first time or the first like interpretation of this would suggest that the initial game was not worthy of getting a sequel. Whereas what I went with was the first game was decent and then the sequel did not do it justice. Mm. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think we're going to end up with, I, I, I don't know how you tackled this, but we might end up with two very, very different lists. So, I mean, look at it this way. You guys are getting like, it's, it's, it's like two top fives in one. So look at it. I think it's going to be similar. There you go. It's going to be similar. We're not going to divert too much. Okay. It's going to be fine. Well, at any rate, I know I have a lot to cover, so I suppose we should just jump right into it. Um, Let's do it. Would you like to start us off, Chris, with your number five? Certainly. Number five. All right. My number five is Chrono Trigger. Hmm. Chrono Trigger should not have gotten a sequel. This isn't to say that Chrono Cross is a horrible game. It's just that Chrono Trigger wrapped everything up nicely. It did everything it, it could do, especially when you have a game that involves time travel. If you're going to make a sequel to it, you had better find a really damn good reason to do so because everything is self-contained within this time loop. Like, what what little pocket of time did they miss in the first one where something could have happened? Like, you have to have an explanation for that. But no, they went into Chrono Cross, and they had dimensional stuff that you swap between dimensions, and then they kind of forced everything into it. It really went to show that as much as people loved Chrono Trigger, it didn't really need anything more than what the game actually was. Chrono Cross felt more like a muddled mess because Chrono Trigger just was flawless in its execution if chrono cross was a game that had no attachment to chrono trigger whatsoever then i think the game itself would have been better received but because it did it really left a stain on its legacy that's never going to overcome because it always and inevitably invariably will be compared to a game that is just it stands on its own all too well so chrono trigger should not have gotten a sequel not because it was a bad game not because the sequels should have gotten a bad game, because it was good enough as it was. Hmm. Indubitably. Indubitably. Right. So the beginning of my list is going to start things off with Prince of Persia Warrior Within. So Prince of Persia Sands of Time did not need this sequel. So Warrior Within is what happens when that mid-2000s edgy mall goth aesthetic starts creeping into your game design dock. The Prince of Persia reboot, Sands of Time, was actually a surprisingly solid reimagining of the franchise. It had, like, excellent third-person acrobatic maneuvering, it had a pretty novel time rewind mechanic with the titular sand, and it had this very sort of light, fantastical approach to its characters 
um, and its you know Middle Eastern setting. And so this follow-up, Warrior Within, just fucking threw all of this out the window in favor of this like split personality protagonist that just leaned way, way too hard into this dark, edgy tone and, and just relied far more on combat and less on the more innovative like traversal mechanics that were not only a hallmark of the first entry in this sort of like soft reboot of the series, but frankly, it's a hallmark of the series in general. Prince of Persia is literally all about level traversal, um, which is part of the reason why Sands of Time worked as well as it did. It certainly wasn't perfect by any means, but to revive a series like that and do it fairly successfully and transition into the three-dimensional space, fairly impressive. This, however, was not. I wish I had played some of those games. I really do. Oh, don't I, worry. I like you'll, get your you'll get your chance. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I like Gothic Edgelord. I want more eyeshadow. <laughs> and uh, I want some F-bombs. I'm fucking Prince of Persia. Bitch. Say, this is like this is like if they made a Prince of Persia movie, but they cast Chris Angel as the lead character. <laughs> that that sounds amazing. How could you not want that? <laughs> so many reasons. Oh. Number four. Okay, my number four, and a lot of you are probably gonna be shocked it's this slow, but it is, and that is. Final Fantasy X. Huh. Final Fantasy X did not need a sequel. In fact, no Final Fantasy games need sequels. Stop it, Square. It's, oh, it should be over. Stop, stop doing this. It was bad when it happened with Final Fantasy X. Final Fantasy X 2 is just a weird game. I don't like it. A lot of people don't like it. In fact, a lot of people hate it. It didn't need to happen. I, I know they left the ending kind of open-ended, but not really. You didn't need a sequel, and now every single Final Fantasy after 10 has to have a fucking sequel of some sort. 11 had all the expansion packs. I understand that's not really a video game. That's an MMO. Uh, you have Final <laughs> Fantasy 12. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> you know what I mean. MMOs are not video games. You heard it here first. Yeah, fuck them. Uh, Final Fantasy 12 has Revenant Wings, which is whatever. Final Fantasy 13 has an abomination of sequels that people don't know if are good or not. Yeah, 14 is an MMO again. And then 15, thank fuck, just doesn't have any sequels because they realized what a monumental, monumental trash fire that game was. But you don't need sequels to Final Fantasy. Stop it. These are supposed to be self-contained episodes. Final Fantasy IV The After Years was terrible. And you know what? The first Final Fantasy to have a sequel is Final Fantasy X. It didn't need one. X2 just kind of burned everything down. It's like that straight-to-video Disney movie that we had for a long time. Kind of like where you had, oh, Beauty and the Beast. And then you had Beauty and the Beast, Belle's elegant ball extravaganza or whatever, straight-to-video, the official sequel. And then, like, yeah. it just it's not as good. It feels recycled. It felt forced. It, it just felt cheesy and like everyone's like, oh, that's the charm. No, it's not the fucking charm. Stop it. <laughs> it sucked for a variety of reasons. I understand. Yeah, the battle system. Some people like had a job system. It was cool. Uh, but yeah, that's it's it's just like B clip rolls of Final Fantasy 10. That is essentially what it is. Just asset flipping and trying to make more money of what they had. And I don't blame them for it, but I do. Uh, it's your fault, Square. Everything's everything's your fault. 
you, you ruined Final Fantasy. I, I guess they're the only ones who really can. But yeah, stop it with the Final Fantasy sequels. You know, you you referring to that sequel as an asset flip just made me realize I could have made some people real fucking salty and put Majora's Mask can. on this list. I was just thinking that while I was ranting, <laughs> by the way. You said asset flip, and I was like, hmm, Majora's Mask. Interesting. Yeah, but that's a good game. Eh, sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my number four is Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark didn't really need a sequel, but we got one in Perfect Dark Zero. So Perfect Dark for the N64, admittedly, probably hasn't aged very well, much like GoldenEye. If you've listened to our episode, you might know that. Um, Yes. But, you know, truth be told, it had its share of issues. Even back in the day, it had a lot of horrendous slowdown being just one of those things, even with requiring an expansion pack. But it was a solid spiritual successor to Rare's previous hit, GoldenEye, of course. Um, It used the same engine. It had a smattering of upgrades and enhancements to it. The story was kind of cheesy, but it was enough to keep you playing. And the gameplay itself was enjoyable when it was at an acceptable frame rate. And plus, you even got co-op in addition to your multiplayer deathmatch and what have you. But finally, and and most importantly for, for this list in particular, is that the protagonist... Joanna Dark uh, was much like 007 in that she was cool, she was confident, and she was damn good at her job. Perfect Dark Zero, unfortunately, takes Joanna and the series in a completely different direction. Uh, After Rare was bought by Microsoft, right, this title served as one of the launch games for the Xbox 360. And though Joanna already had a decent amount of sex appeal in the first game, admittedly, I would argue that it was somewhat understated and pretty tastefully done this game says fuck all that and overhauls joanna into this like manic pixie assassin sporting this like short bobbed red hair with painfully 2000s highlights in it and an outfit with more cleavage than a mountain cliff like seriously go look at the marketing images for this game they could have been Shane. ripped from like a Maxim magazine and you probably wouldn't have known any better. Shane, it's tactical cleavage. Yes, exactly. And it's it's either that, right, or the other clothing that she gets, you know, throughout the course of the game also just makes her look like a backup dancer in a Britney Spears video. So there's that. Um, so besides this, like, true. totally unnecessary rework of the main character, right? The gameplay also just suffers from a lack of cohesion and again, I guess staying consistent, but worse somehow, pretty terrible performance. Like it's not unusual for this game's frame rate to just dip well below 20 FPS. And for some reason, because I think this was like the cool hotness in the early to mid 2000s, fucking everything has motion blur. It's it's everywhere and it's terrible. It makes you fucking nauseous. And so the other thing is Rare seemed to try like something different here by making it not just a first person game like they would pop you out into third person oh i hate when they do that right like in certain instances like if you're hiding around a corner the camera pops out and puts you in third person or you can perform a a tactical role um which is real awkward for an fps and so i guess in order to assist with that the camera pulls out and shows you doing a role and then zooms back into your face uh, which is really fucking jarring. <laughs> like tactical cleavage. Exactly. Um, 
And then, you know, finally, the plot is basically just completely forgettable. So all you're really left with is just this like aggressively mediocre shooter that just completely annihilated any future for the Perfect Dark franchise. So it was just completely unnecessary. Perfect Dark was fine as it was. Things were more or less tied off nicely. You could have just left it alone. Shane giving it a perfect zero. <laughs> exactly. You could write for a fucking IGN. I could. <laughs> Number three. Sticking with first person shooters, my number three is going to be Bioshock. Hmm. This game did not need a sequel. Why does this game have a sequel? Why does it have two sequels? It doesn't need it. You know, when you think about it, Bioshock's really a sequel to System Shock, but it's not. They could have continued to do spiritual successors. Bioshock in and of itself is just it's a, it's a great game. It's a legendary game. It's an all time great. Not one that I personally have that much attachment to but i can recognize greatness when i see it this game has everything that most first person shooter fans would want back in what 20 20 2006 2007 mm -hmm. it's, it's an old game now but it did everything it needed to do it's not it's not unsurprising that when bioshock 2 landed it kind of landed with a thud and no one gave a shit about it it wasn't necessary it didn't need it i know there's a lot of revisionist history going back and saying oh yeah it's better than we thought it was but when you really say that what you're really saying is i wish this was a different game keep bioshock self-contained it's a narratively driven plot-centric story that maybe you could expound on in different ways and i think they tried to do that with the second game but if you're going to do it, you got to do it big. I know they tried doing that with Infinite as well. It didn't really land the way they wanted it to, at least. I mean, initially it did, but after a while, it kind of faded. Bioshock didn't need that sequel. Bioshock could have, they could have went into a different direction, changed the first part of the name like they did from System Shock and kept it rolling if they really wanted to tell a different story. But uh, they opted to stay on brand and continue to make it sequels. I don't think that was the right move. So yeah, Bioshock's my number three. Would you kindly leave Bioshock alone? I am. I'm defending Bioshock. I'm just, I'm not leaving two and three alone. That, that, was, that was a reference to the game. Never mind. I, under, I understand e it. Everybody is, else will Shane. get it except you, apparently. <laughs> That's fine. I got it, Shane. I'm not leaving it alone, Shane. You can't control <laughs> me. You can't control me, Ayn Rand. Uh, not for lack of trying. All right. So my number three uh, actually also is an FPS. So I guess we're keeping that theme going. And it is Deus Ex. Deus Ex mm. Invisible War was fucking disappointing. And here is why. So how exactly do you follow up a game that many consider to be one of the best PC titles ever? One that included very detailed RPG mechanics, deep customization, impactful storytelling choices, and a compelling fleshed out world to explore. Well, clearly the answer is cut all that shit out and make a Halo clone. Because that's what happened. Seriously, this game is the reason that a lot of us old PC grognards still hold a grudge against consoles. It's because of this fucking game. Deus Ex admittedly was not without some flaws, and due to its complex underlying systems, it can be pretty tough to get into. It can be fairly impenetrable. But if you give it the time that honestly I believe it deserves, and you are going to be rewarded with one of the best character RPG experiences ever put on a disc. It also doesn't help, for the record, that the marketing material and box art for this game went from 
the original is very like Blade Runner style with like a bleak future aesthetic to edgy dude with spiky blue highlighted hair pointing a gun at your face. Anime. And, you know, now that I think about it, actually, with my previous two picks, I think I'm starting to see a trend here. It seems the <laughs> the death knell of most game franchises in the early to mid aughts was just a, a hard pivot into hot topic edginess to try to appeal to the cool kids. I mean, uh, there's there's also the fact it sounds like they all went more anime. It wasn't even I mean, I guess honestly, it didn't even feel like more anime. It was just they were trying to make it more like extreme and cool and won't the kids that drink the surge and skateboard be totally Do into this yeah yeah it's yeah, bro. i this was a hallmark of the very early 2000s in a lot of media and honestly a lot of it suffered for it as you can tell it was amazing everything you're telling me right now i'm like i love this except for perfect dark zero that game is trash <laughs> <laughs> well, Deus Ex Invisible War was pretty garbage, too. Number two. All right, my number two, I'm moving away from first-person shooters. So we're, we're breaking that trend. Sorry, c- c- combo breaker. Uh, and no, it's not Killer Instinct. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, my number two <laughs> People is are, Tetris. We're getting prepared to be pissed off. Wait, what? <laughs> Tetris? Oh, no, that's fair. Go on. Yeah. Tetris... Tetris shouldn't have had a sequel. This is true. And it's it's not just because like they they didn't try to implement new modes. I get that. The original Tetris was a one player thing, at least if it wasn't playing Tengen Tetris or uh, Tetris in the arcade. But every single time they tried to do something different, whether it was like Word Tris or Cube Tris or whatever the fuck they tried to do that was different than just basic Tetris. What about Hat Tris? It fucking sucked. Hat Tris. Like, just fucking stop it, okay? <laughs> Tetris 2 sucked. They actually had a game called Tetris 2 for the NES. I think it was on the Super Nintendo 2. Uh, it was just bad, okay? They, like, they tried to put, like, extra pieces floating around in different locations. Look, Tetris is beautiful because it is simple. Tetris is beautiful because you don't need to do anything to it. You just update it. Don't sequelize it. Just port it and add extra shit, which is... Surprise, what they've been doing now with Tetris forever. Every single time they try to do anything to Tetris, anything at all, other than just make it Tetris, it has just been fucking blah. It hasn't worked. I understand, like, Tetris Effect is supposed to kind of break that mold. I have to play Tetris Effect. I heard that's an experience, but I also can't smoke pot, so I want to wait for that. But... (laughs) Uh, like yeah tetris in fact most puzzle games if it's really really good you don't need to sequelize it like really what's the difference between puyo puyo one and puyo puyo four what they like have a different colored octopus that you have to face against in story mode it's so it's just lame okay puzzle games keep them self-contained keep it simple keep it pure i understand you got to continue these brands to make money and update it and the graphics and everything like that but yeah tetris didn't need a sequel it was perfect fucking perfect Leave perfection alone. That's all I got to say. Shit, man. Your your choices are just making me think of things I should have put on my list. <laughs> like Puzzle Quest. Puzzle Quest didn't need a fucking billion sequels. It was no, fine. It, it was fine. And then they overcomplicated it and made it worse. Oh, well. It's an honorable mention. What happens. We'll leave it there. 
Uh, okay, my penultimate pick for this list. Um, this one I feel like is going to get spicy. It could be pretty divisive. Ooh. Dark Souls 2. Uh, so I'm just going to get out ahead of this and say that I don't think Dark Souls 2 is a bad game, necessarily. It just... It falls short of the bar that was set by the first game. And frankly, is they were kind of victims of their own success in a lot of ways, I think, in that regard. But Dark Souls 2 just tends to completely miss the point in a lot of very, very key areas. So I think a lot of this can be attributed to the fact that series director Hidetaka Miyazaki was not involved in the project. And I think that lack of cohesive vision and direction shows through in the final product. So there are a number of things, whether you like it or not, that Dark Souls is praised for. Two of the most notable being its very ingeniously interconnected world and its brutal but ultimately fair combat encounters. Dark Souls 2 fails spectacularly at both of these things. DS2's world is not only completely disjointed, but it's logically nonsensical. So completely gone are the interconnected areas with this brilliantly placed unlockable shortcuts that reward you as a player for progressing, and instead in their place are entirely unrelated areas accessible only by a bonfire teleporting mechanic. So you have no sense of place whatsoever. And regarding this sort of like illogical world layout, probably the most famous example of this is the transition from Earthen Peak to the Iron Keep. You traverse this area called the Harvest Valley, which is full of poison because of fucking course it is. There's got to be at least one of those in every Dark Souls game. And then you make your way up Earthen Peak, which happens to be a large dilapidated windmill structure. And I point that out because it's going to be important in a minute. So, so far, so good, right? Like this progression makes sense. So once you defeat the boss at the top of Earthen Peak, however, you step onto an elevator that goes up. And you emerge in an area with an entire castle sinking into a lake of lava that is surrounded by mountainous terrain that looks fucking nothing like where you just came from. The reason I pointed out that this was a windmill, by the way, is that the glaring issue with this is that this elevator can't possibly actually exist in real space, given how the level is structured. The boss of Earthen Peak is located at the very top of this windmill. So there's quite literally nothing above it. You cannot see this elevator from the outside. It exists in a pocket dimension. It makes zero fucking sense. And to touch on the other point quickly, because I could probably rant about this for way longer than we should. So let's just yes. cover the combat for a moment. The vast majority of encounters in Dark Souls 1 are very well placed and balanced. If you die, it's most likely due to an error error on your behalf, right? So it's a you live and you learn kind of a thing. In Dark Souls 2, this design philosophy just gets completely tossed out in favor of air quotes difficulty in the form of a lot of unavoidable cheap shots, swarms of enemies to overwhelm you, and this weird like more is better approach to the number of bosses that honestly only results in a bloated and diluted pool of encounters that vary wildly in difficulty. Some of them are a complete joke and other ones are just infuriating. And this doesn't even go into mentioning some of the completely obtuse and very poorly described mechanics, like the fact that you can set the windmill on fire in Earthen Peak towards the end of the level, 
And there's nothing that tells you this. And the way to do it is so obscured, but it's something that drastically alters that final boss to the point where the difficulty goes from fucking impossible to laughably easy. And this is something that apparently the developers wanted you to know about somehow, but never really directed you there. And even if you know that it's there, it's like very difficult to actually do correctly because of how janky it is. So do I think that, you know, the, the follow on souls games, um, were, you know, were these successors? Yes, I do. I, I, for one, like dark souls three, but did dark souls itself like need a sequel? Like if we never got another dark souls game and they just jumped on to like bloodborne and Sekiro and then on to Elden ring, would I have been fine with that? Frankly? Yes, I would have as much as I like dark souls three, Dark Souls on its own is a complete package and it it didn't need this because while it's not the worst game in the world, Dark Souls 2 basically completely missed the point of all of the things that made Dark Souls 1 as good as it was. Number one. All right, I guess I'm on to my number one pick. And I, I guess I technically cheated on this one because it's not so much a sequel to an individual game. Mm. It is a sequel or more a follow on game to a trilogy of games. OK. And that trilogy of games that did not deserve a sequel, did not deserve anything after it, especially what it got is Mass Effect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mass Effect did not need Andromeda. Mass Effect was three games that were beautifully crafted. I know a lot of people hate the ending of the third one. Just just get over it. It happens. But look, if you do anything, anything outside of the scope of that story, you're creating canon for that trilogy, which goes against the entire conceit of Mass Effect. The entire thing is based off you making your choices from point A to point Z. Even if point Z is three color popsicles at the end of the rainbow. It doesn't matter, okay? What you want to do. You can't do it. You shouldn't do it. Leave it alone. These are three stories in a self-contained universe with a story that can be so personal and magnificent and just... It's so much more about the journey, too. And I think this is why the ending to Mass Effect 3 doesn't bother me is all the interpersonal relationships you develop with your crew, all the interactions you have with that world, how making a choice in one game can affect the next game and how it can be completely different in your third game based off something you did on your first one. Not like radically different, but different enough. And it pays that attention to detail that love and crafting and all that time spent in there just to have it on another game that they can't even get the character models correctly and can't string together anything cohesive because you know fuck it it's mass effect money people are going to be crazy about it and they're just going to buy it well i didn't fucking buy it and a lot of other people didn't either because we didn't need a sequel to the mass effect trilogy fuck uea and fuck mass effect andromeda BioWare is dead. Stop pretending when they start working on things. You can get excited. Everybody's gone. Give up the ghost. It's dead. Mass Effect, the original three, for life, everything outside of that doesn't exist. Out. 
I am Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite choice on the Citadel. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because I thought about putting Mass Effect Andromeda on my list, but I was like, I know Chris is going to talk about this. So <laughs> I did not. I'm glad you Love proved Mass me Effect. right. All right. My number one pick for sequels that shouldn't have fucking happened. Dead Space 3. Yes. So Dead Space 1 and 2 are some of the best third person action horror hybrid games ever made with intense combat using salvaged mining tools on a fucking space station requiring you to accurately dismember your enemies. It has this beautifully oppressive atmosphere and enough gore to stand next to any good 80s slasher film. Dead Space 3, however, is a complete fucking letdown. So by this point in the series, the creator, Glenn Schofield, had fucking pieced out long ago by this point, leaving EA to essentially take his baby and cram it full of shitty design decisions from gutting the weapon upgrade system and shoehorning in microtransactions for the materials that you need to upgrade weapons as part of the fucking game to completely shifting the direction of the series from a Resident Evil 4 style action survival horror to the Resident Evil 5 and 6 style co-op action shooter balls to the wall. This was so poorly received that it effectively killed the franchise, which again is kind of a theme in some of these choices. Uh, until they finally announced the remake of Dead Space 1 uh, in around 2021, so last year sometime at the time of this recording. Granted, that's not new content. That's just, well, we're going to make that thing that everybody still likes. So they're they're taking baby steps. But God, this this was so... As a fan of the first two games, and as much as I like Dead Space 1, much like a lot of games, I think the sequel really is the pinnacle it took everything about the first game refined it made it bigger better and i think dead space 2 is definitely the best and then 3 was just my god what fucking ea man like what the fuck were they thinking i know what they were thinking they were thinking with their wallets that's what it was yes but how how fucking the, the the audacity of this bitch to Present a full priced game to people and be like, ah, yeah, also, um, in the single player, oh, I'm sorry, co-op, but let's just say single player in the single player campaign, if you want to upgrade your weapons so that you can, you know, play the game, well, have we got some microtransactions for you? Do you, do you not want to just play the game? No, no, we're going to rebalance it so that these materials Maybe they don't show up as often as they should. Nah, but don't worry. You can buy them. Fuck you guys. You took one of the best series that have come out in a while. And by the way, in a genre that does not get enough love because the horror genre, whether it's movies or games or or whatever, it gets a lot of shit because there are a lot. Horror is one of the things to that you could do the easiest. I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying it's like, a space where a lot of lazy shit happens. It's a lot of jump scare bullshit to pull off. Good horror is actually very difficult to do. And when something does it as well as dead space does and still maintain that level of action, 
to shit on that for the sake of an extra buck is just fucking unforgivable. So I really hope that something comes from the Dead Space franchise at some point, but I sure as fuck hope that EA is not involved. Uh, I do think it's great that our number one picks for both EA properties. Yeah. Funny how that happened, huh? Yeah, weird. Yeah, it's crazy. By the way, honorable mention, I have to say this. I just couldn't figure out a way to put it in there, but Street Fighter 2. Mm. Because technically it did get a sequel and Street Fighter 3 is okay. But it's more about how long it took to get there. <laughs> or um, or did we need the like 80 different versions of Street Fighter 2? That Yeah, exactly. I didn't know how to how to really quantify that. So I, yeah, that's why it's an honorable mention. I had no idea how to talk about it. All right. Well, I believe that brings us to the end of our uh, top fives for today. I think the very nature of the, the topic for, for this particular episode is going to bring out the salt. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that, but there, there were a lot of things that I could have put on this list, but these were the ones that I think were a little bit more personal to me, um, especially my number one pick. I'm 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 still unhappy about how they did that. And I would imagine if I was a bigger Resident Evil fan back around this same time, I would probably have been a little irked with RE5 and 6, even though I know there are some folks, actually patrons even, that listen to our show that very much like Resident Evil 5. And I'm glad that you do. Um, but I know that there is a pretty sizable part of the fan base that uh, did not. So a lot of us were glad when they took some time to think about that one and came back I, with I think, Resident Evil 7. I think they just like naked Chris Redfield. I mean, I mean who could blame them? I mean, I how, how he... I don't blame them. Like how he turned into the swole beefcake that he is in five oh, yeah. from earlier is a fucking mystery, but it happens. They, they didn't bother explaining any of that. <laughs> when you touch his ass, your fingers, they, they sear. You could hear it just right, right there. Too, so too hot to handle. Hot. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, I don't where, know. Where I don't know where we? to go from there. <laughs> So I think it's time to close this out. I Shane. guess so. This, this, we don't need this to get any more late night cable. So, uh, all right, that's, that's a that's a reference for for all the kids out there. You remember cable? Anyway, uh, so thanks you can for just look it up on your incognito tab. Yeah, exactly. But you got to put like a weird blur filter over it to get the authentic experience. Uh, at any rate, uh, so thank you for joining us for another edition of The Flight. We will be back next time with another patron-selected topic. If this is your first time joining the show, then hello and welcome. We're glad that you're here. Um, we have some other ways that you can engage with the show if you'd like to do that, besides simply listening to us talk at your face. And that is... Going to Linktree slash Retro Hangover. Everything is there, whether it is our social media, our YouTube channel, the Patreon, or the merch store. If you'd like to support the show in that fashion, we would, of course, be forever grateful. And uh, we do have a Twitch channel where we happen to do things once a week. Uh, Chris, what 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 are we what are we doing over there? Uh, we're playing the Vidja games. Oh. If you go to twitch.tv slash Retro Hangover. At 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. And you could come and hang out with us 
over at twitch.tv slash retro hangover. We might be playing something. Who knows what we're playing? Sometimes we're playing games uh, in a row or sometimes we just randomly pop up and play games throughout the week. But you do know that we will be there at 9 p.m. Eastern U.S. time on Sunday nights at twitch.tv slash retro hangover. Fantastic. Well, with all of that being said, until next time, play with your fuck you, EA joysticks.